0: A young painter, whose wife had been killed in an automobile accident two weeks before, stood in front of the open French doors of his studio in a silent house. His feet were far apart, as though he were poised to strike someone, and the look of frustration on his face contradicted the peaceful scene before him. A green slope, speckled with bright leaves fallen from the maples, dropped away to a pond, that brimmed over the rock dam he had built in the spring. A stooped, bright-eyed old man, a neighboring farmer, paced slowly up and down the length of a wooden pier that jutted into the pond, casting a red-and-white bass lure into the water again and again and again. The painter, David Harnden, held a small dictionary in his hands, and, in the frail warmth of Indian summer sunlight, he read and reread the definition of the word between timid and Timbuktu—the general idea, relation, or fact of continuous or successive existence. Impatiently, David snapped the book shut between his long fingers. The word was time. He ached to understand time, to defy it, to defeat it, to go back, not forward to go back to the moments with his wife, Jeanette, to the moments time had swept away. The old farmer's fishing reel sang. David looked up to see the bright lure smack the water, sink, and begin its twitching course back to the pier. Now it was dripping in air, inches from the casting rod's tip. The last of the ripples it had made dissipated at the pond's edge. Another instant flickering passed, going, going, gone. Time. David's eyes widened. He knew his fascination with time was near lunacy, a flailing about, a reaction to tragedy. Yet, in calmer moments, there was growing a steady conviction that his wish to travel back to happier days might be reasonable. A scientist friend had once remarked audaciously, with a few fingers of whiskey in him, that any technical advance that was conceivable to the mind would one day be made a reality by scientists. It was conceivable that man could travel to other planets. That would come to pass. It was conceivable that a machine could be made more intelligent than men. That would come to pass. It was conceivable to David that he might return to Jeanette. He closed his eyes. It was inconceivable that he could never see her again. He watched as the farmer whipped his rod to make another cast. The pier quivered. Keep away from the end, called David. He had been meaning to fix two of the uprights, which were green, splitting. The old man gave no sign that he heard. David was in no frame of mind to worry about it. To hell with it, the peer would hold. His thoughts turned inward again. He stretched out his long frame on a couch in the studio, let the dictionary drop to the floor, and lost himself in a fantasy of visitors from another world, He daydreamed of beings infinitely wiser than men, with more senses than mankind's five—beings who could tell him about time. He thought of visitors from space bringing an understanding of time because it seemed beyond the limits of human minds, far beyond. Perhaps there were in the universe forms of life, the flying saucer men, say, who scampered through time wherever their fancy took them. They would laugh at earth men to whom time was a one-way street with a dead end in sight. Where would he travel in time if he could? David sat up and ran his hands through his short black hair. Back to Jeanette, he said aloud. Back to the sights and sounds and smells and feel of a May afternoon. Time had fogged, flattened, cooled the precious image. He could remember that the afternoon had been vital, happy, perfect. He could no longer see it clearly. Vaguely, heartbreakingly so, he could see himself and the handsome, laughing Jeanette as they had been on that day. The perfect moment. There were an infinite number of them, identically lovely. Married two weeks, they had come home to this house on that day, had jubilantly explored every room, exclaimed over the green, rolling tranquility framed in each window, had perched on the rock dam had swirled bare feet in the rising crest of the pool and kissed, had lain on the slope's new grass.